Welcome to Pred Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now, here are your hosts, Red Runway, Buffalo Brian, and D-Law Dan Lawless. Welcome to episode 49 of the Pred Wings Podcast. You can get us on Facebook at Pred Wings Podcast, Twitch, and Discord as well. And we're on Twitter at Pred Wings Pod and YouTube at Pred Wings Pod. And you can always email us at Pred Wings Podcast at gmail.com. And now it's time for the Beer League Minute. But anyway, uh, last Thursday, um, had another, you know, my usual Thursday game. And this one, last night, we played a, the team that shouldn't probably be there. They're the second place team. Uh, I think they only, they they were actually undefeated. They had, I think they had one point less than the number one team. And I think it's because they lost to them in overtime or something like that. Um but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I played not bad. You know, first period held, held in the one goal, uh, and then the second period happened, and there was just the second period just what happened. If it wasn't for the second period, we would have won. Third period, we did pretty good. Um, but well, I think we lost like six to four or something like that. I'm okay. I don't know. But anyway, that's that's it for the Beer League Minute. And we got a, a, a lot of recaps this week. Uh, wings <clears throat> wings have five. I got five. Sabres have what? Five, four, yeah. Week and a half. Really. Um, yeah. Um, well, they started, uh, we got games from the 15th. So that's like last Thursday, I think. Um, the Wings did have one against Vancouver on the 13th. I thought you did that recap. No, that was Monday. I wasn't even in town Monday. Oh, 13th? Go. Okay, because... Oh, so you got well, six. I'll just... Yeah, well, I'll kick it off. I the, the Wings went out to Vancouver. Vancouver had their uh, reverse retros, which I actually like the reverse retros. I mean, I grew up with that logo. I grew up, you know, seeing that. So I kind of think that's a cool logo. But... um you know, Larkin came out, scored two goals. Um, he had two in the first. Um, you know, Fabry comes through. Lidstrom needed a goal. Suter and and Johnny Burgers gets one in uh, the end of the third period. But, um, and no, it wasn't an empty netter. But, again, I, I bring up his name almost every week. And, you know, he's just a young guy getting a lot of ice time. And... You know, he's making making the most of it. So wings come out, they're dominant, they played good defense, they played good offense. Uh they come out, win at six to one. Um, you know, they just they were firing on all cylinders. And I know Vancouver's not a team to gauge yourself against. I I get it. I get it. They're not a good team. They're in a re rebuild mode, whatever you want to call it. Um, but the wings went out and they 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 just dominated that game. Um but let's move into well. 
But yeah, moving into the Edmonton game. Now, the Tuesday before, they ended up losing, you know, pretty, um, you know, five to two. They just, they, they look lost. It just wasn't a good game. But they come out, they come out on Wednesday and the following Wednesday, last Wednesday, if you will. And they actually played, they played good hockey. They took it all, all night to McDavid. They just did not let him get any open ice. Uh, Larkin has another goal. Sider gets his um, fourth on the season. Um, Fabry gets a goal in this game. I think McDavid had an assist. I think that's all he did in this game. Yeah, it was. That's all he had was an assist. That's right. Um, but Fabry gets another one, and, and Ole Mata gets gets a goal. Uh, but overall, the the Wings played good. They just kept the pressure all all game long. They didn't give any space to McDavid. Yeah, he set up a couple of plays, but you know what? what how are you going to stop McDavid? I mean, that's that's it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. And he's one of those players. Um, but again, the Wings just they they took it all the way in. They they battled the entire game. And they end up taking it to a shootout. So it was kind of an exciting game. And it was probably, you know, Dan, you had mentioned one of the Wings games before, the three-on-three, how that was exciting. I forget what who they were playing. But this was another one like that. It was just back and forth. It was just a tremendous um, goalie shoot, like a goalie. It was a goalie clinic, I mean, to say the least. Maybe it's just the Detroit it's, uh, makes a three-on-three exciting See, but I like I like the three on three, uh, but we can get into that later. But yeah, the Wings end up winning this game in a shootout. It was you know a good effort all around, offensively, defensively, special teams. They just they played well. They fired on all cylinders, and you know they come out with the win. I mean, they definitely needed that, especially with the last minute push that they're trying to make to get into the playoffs, fighting with Buffalo. But I'm okay with it. I, and not to get off topic, but I'm okay with either one of the either Buffalo or Detroit. Both very young teams. Both teams have been putting together a rebuild. I would love to see either one of them make the playoffs. So I'm hopeful that that happens. Um, but Detroit playing back, I don't want to say back-to-back, but Thursday and Thursday, um, Calgary. Um, again, they come out and they beat Calgary 5-2. to two. Uh, They're just putting Kuba League, Fabry. Um, Kuba League got his second, Bertuzzi, or second of the night, 16th on the season. Bertuzzi got his third. Uh, and, and Pia Suter got his eighth, but they just, again, they came out, they played a team game. They put a lot of effort into it offensively, defensively. They just weren't giving them any room in the, in like the four track that they were putting on, on Calgary was just tremendous. They just came out and they just, again, they fired on all cylinders. I mean, they're putting it out there. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with Iserman as well. I mean, the way he's jump jumbling up, you know, where people are playing, because Detroit's in a great position right now. Detroit's in a position where they've got players in the AHL that can come up right now and be immediate impact players on on the roster. The the problem is you they don't have the roster positions available. So that's a good problem to have until the trade deadline, but it but you've got a lot of youth that can come up. So there's been a lot of in, interchanging of lines and I know Eiserman had this, you know, on a side story really quick. Um, back when Eiserman was in a slump, back when he was first in, Scotty Bowman went up to him and said, listen, now I know he was only the coach, but he had a lot of pull. He goes, listen, if you don't ship it up, we're getting you out. You're, you're being shipped off to Buffalo. We're sending you to Buffalo, who was a train wreck at the time as well. No offense, Buffalo, Brian. But 
Eisman was like, yeah, I, I don't want to go play there. There's no way. I'm I'm going to bust my hump to make it. And obviously, look at what happened. Hall of Fame career, um, Stanley Cup champion, multiple successful GM throughout the league, one of the most respected people. It worked. So he's kind of doing that with people like Verona right now. Um, so guys are getting moved around. I mean, you really have to earn your spot on this team. So to, to say the least, they're, they're firing, you know, pretty well on, on all cylinders. Let's see. What other ones do I have here? You know, I've got Seattle. So the Seattle Kraken, um, you know, they're a good team. They're a good team. They, they shut Detroit down. Um, you know, and it's not, I don't want to say Detroit looked weak or lost out there. They, they were playing. Okay. They played all right, but it just, they, they, wasn't one of those games where they were just, you could just tell from the get go that they were firing and everyone was clicking, but Suter, you know, he gets his ninth on the season. Larkin continues his point streaks. Um, Larkin, who we'll talk about more in the next recap briefly, um, as well as later on, he, uh, you know, he's got 16 points in 19 games. So he's playing some of the best hockey of his career. Uh, but Detroit fell, you know, on the road on their four game road on their four game road trip, they went three out of four. I'll take that all day long. And that's, that's how you're going to finish the season to get into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, we'll move into Washington. Um, I'm going to make it quick. Cause I got a lot of, a lot of recaps to make um, highlight of this game is not the score couple of, I mean, the goals are not very good. It just wasn't a, you know, it wasn't, um, wasn't they that they weren't getting the opportunities they they certainly were um i'm trying to figure out who who the goalie was i forget who their goalie was that night he didn't play well he he didn't play well and he he struggled um let's Amber. see was it i think it was actually i think it i think it was yeah it was kemper um but he didn't play well um he let in some pretty soft goals that shouldn't have gone in the highlight of this game is Larkin getting suspended, which we'll talk more about later on. Um, but he was, uh, he was just, what? Uh, that, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll go ahead. I'll, we can talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we'll get into it. Um, but Larkin gets assessed a five minute penalty. He came up. Oh, she was coming in on to, to put up a check. Larkin puts his stick up in the air. It's an old school trick. It's just what all the old guys used to do. When somebody's barreling down, you put your stick up because nobody wants to skate into it. Um, you know, there was no extension on it. There was He did catch him in the face. It was a five-minute penalty. I don't agree with him being kicked out of the game, um, but I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. So he's, a, he's assessed a five in a game for um, his high stick on Oshi. Assessed a $5,000 fine. We'll get into it. But that was it. That was all that was assessed to it. Um, but now we're going to move into the Rangers game. So Detroit ends up winning this game. This is a huge, huge win for Detroit. The Rangers have been, you know, playing great hockey. Um, and they only held them to one goal. And it, it was it was just an incredible goal. It was a tip. It was, it was a good goal that uh, Huso just couldn't, you know, he couldn't track it down. And I don't care who you had in that. That was, that was going to score. But Cop gets a, a nice goal. 
Um, right in the first period to get the scoring started, Zadina comes back. He he got a second goal of the season. Now it doesn't sound like he's got a lot of goals, but he only played in like one or two games a season. So um, he's actually playing better hockey. He's, he's developing. Rasmussen, he was involved with everything. It was just unbelievable. Um, and then Hironik, he gets another goal. He kind of went on a dry spell, but he came out of his shell playing good hockey. But the the highlight of this game is Lindgren comes up on Rasmussen. He's skating in to check Rasmussen two days after the Larkin incident. And Lindgren comes up, extends the arms, and catches Rasmussen right across the eye, right across the cheek. It, it swelled right up. You could see it. Um, and he, he was only given a two-minute penalty. So I don't know if we can do anything with the rant room, but I would love to have, you know, at some point in this show, just two minutes to just go off. Got that's it. all I'm asking for. You got it. Um, but that's all that, that's all I got for the wings. Um, you know, they, they had some great, they're on a, they're on a great streak right now. We got to keep that up if we want to get into the playoffs. So got to keep it up, boys. Let's do this. Yes. Um, I know the Preds, I got five, but they're going to be pretty quick. Uh, well, so what I expected, you know, they had played Boston 16th. Um, actually, did a little better than I thought. I I, used, I don't know if I actually predicted on the show or something, but I I thought uh, it was going to be like seven to one or seven. So they lost, just not that bad. Um, well, it was five to nothing. I mean, it was bad enough. I Ooh. thought it was gonna be, I thought it was going to be like seven to two or something like that. That's just as bad. Just I I didn't get to see the show, but or the show the the, the, the game. show the greatest show on ice the, the Boston yeah, Bruins the game the game but um. Yeah, we'll be talking about that a little bit later anyway. But, um, yeah, just not much. I did just didn't show up, I mean, at home. But but then they got the Panthers, and I actually thought they were going to lose to Florida. I mean, I, I don't know. What's what's going on with Florida? Um, I thought they were a good team. But, um, you know, going into this game, uh, Yossi has scored. And, I mean, he's, he's a captain, and he's a defenseman. Um, but he scored or assisted on 35% of the press goals. Um, I, so I, I know a defenseman or, you know, there's obviously scores, but or why the forward? The forward should be at that, that kind of number. Um, you know, and obviously no Forsberg again in this game. You know, he's still out with concussion. I, um, I just want to say this really quick. Defenders, the reason they get a lot of points or assist rather are because they take the shot from the point you bank yeah. in the rebound and you get the, you get the assist on it or they get right tipped. so he's oh. putting pucks on net you should appreciate that yeah well but um you know the predators get their first goal you know early at tommy novak who's he's really you know one of the youngsters that's really stepping up and and, and, you know, it's going to be a, a theme throughout these recaps. Um, but then, you know, the Panthers come back and they take a lead, two-to-one lead. Um, it was um, uh, the former Predator, uh, um, Nick Cousins. Uh, I, I can't remember his first name. Uh, he was a former Predator. And then, uh, of course, Kachuk that I know Ron loves. Uh, but then uh, Duchesne tied it. Um, uh, Duchesne tied uh, tied the game, and then uh, you know, and then they just 
You know, Johansson scored the power play goal. Sisson's got a nice long stretch pass, a la Ron White to me. Um, but this, <laughs> um, you know it. But, but uh, Yossi, you know, like as you just mentioned, you know, also, you know, he, he it's he's, you know, Yossi gave him a nice long pass um, that uh, gave Sisson's a little breakaway and. That goal chased Bobrovsky. Reds just continued to dominate. You know, Sissons, uh, you know, Yossi adds another one, you know, five, made a five to two. And, um, but you know, he took a, he's struggling. Um, he uh, took a block shot to his leg, uh, so he had to leave. Um, um, but, you know, and just, just a just a great game by the pan by by the Predators. Um, um, and then uh, moving on to the the next game, it was a back to back game. Uh, they had to fly to Minnesota. Luckily, it was like twenty four hours. It was actually the same same time the afternoon game again. Um, well, the they played pretty good to the last couple of minutes or the last twenty seconds. Um, you know, the Preds tied it up. But then, you know, um, uh, you know, Niederreiter had tied it up with 47 seconds, and then a former Predator, Ryan Harmon, he, uh, he, he scored with 20 seconds left to uh, get the wild. Predators didn't even get a point, so that, that's a devastating loss uh, to not even get a point after that hard-fought game. Uh, but you know, Tommy Novak scored again. Yossi scores. You know, obviously. Um, and then uh, the Vancouver game, you know, they was a Vancouver actually never led that game, but uh, the Preds had to win it in a shootout, five to four. And then uh, they had they had to that was out, that was at, in Nashville. The Vancouver game was in Nashville, and then they just now they're starting a little road trip. Uh, they had to go to San Jose, and they were just all over San Jose. I mean, I. It, Stenos, they're just, I don't know what's going on with them. They're obviously not a good team. Um, six minutes into the game, uh, Niederer scores. The Sharks didn't have a shot on goal until Summons left in the first period. Um, the pre, but the Preds, you know, they got they got called for two interference penalties that I didn't think were penalties at all. I mean, the puck was right there when he hit them. Um, but Granlin had two goals against the former team. Uh, that was his first multiple goal game in just about three years. His last multiple game, multiple goal game was February 27th of 2020. Everybody loves 2020. Uh, another former predator, Matt Benning, um, he turned the puck over uh, when Minnesota was on the power play, and Yakov Trenum, Trenin, uh, he, he ended up scoring. Uh, that was late in the second period to give it Fred Shoy and a goal. Uh, Niederreiter got his second of the game. Tomasino, who came who came in for Forsberg, he's he's got five assists in two games at San Jose. So he loves playing. He loves playing at San Jose. Um, just hope they don't create him there. Um, and Novak again. On the power play, nice pass from Duchesne. And then, uh, you know, Duchesne ended up with three assists in this game. So he's uh, he's really stepping up. But 
overall, it was just a point night for the Predators. Um, but now they're only uh, four points Dan, behind. Dan, I got I, I to laugh at you. I have to laugh at you. Because I, 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 tried not, I, no, I tried not to say anything. But <laughs> you're talking about Trent and you're like, well, I hope they don't trade him there. Like, well, what? Like, what? That's just, I, know, I know Poyle's garbage. That's, that's but what I, I mean, Poyle's been doing. He trades away Yarncroke. And, well, Yarncroke was not traded. Fiala, Arby. Arby, Fiala. I can just go on and on. Well, I don't, Trennan's going I don't, to San Jose for I don't the care. Bucks I, a, I don't care about Matt Benning. Obviously, you know, Matt <laughs> Benning, maybe, maybe that's, you know, he traded him. I just love that you think that every every Nashville player is like gone at the end of the season. That Poyle gets rid of everybody but Forsberg and Yossi and then brings in all new players. The ones that are actually contributing, he like he get rid of things like he always gets rid of the ones that are scoring. They have the highest trade value, I guess. It must be. But they anyway, want to trade for somebody. All right, sorry. Go ahead, D-Law. But anyway, the Preds are now they're four points behind Calgary and five behind uh, Colorado. Um, so yeah, that's um, that, that's my recaps for for this week. <clears throat> I guess that leaves me. Um, I don't remember if Come I on, Buffalo, send it home. Recap the uh, Anaheim game last week, but I'll start there real quick. Uh, goal and assist for Krebs. Krebs being the uh, Eichel trade. Yost, Cousins, Tuck, Middlestat. I like how you did that. Eichel trade. And a goal for Gergensen and Thompson. 7-3 win. Comrie got a win. Um, got the win. That was a good game. They were few and far between. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's only one loss, I guess. That was a bad one. Moving on to San Jose. Skinner, Power, Cousins, Tuck had an empty netter. Those were the goal scorers. 4-2 win. That was a must-win game as everyone above them in the standings lost on that day. UPL got that win. And then we come home for the Toronto game. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's another team with a guy in the team. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So... Before that game started, I went on and I was doing some betting, and you could bet who was going to score three goals. And I saw Ryan O'Reilly's name, and I was like, "Oh, if he's probably going to do it because it's against the Sabers, but I'm not going to take that bet." Oh, I should have. I did take him going, scoring one goal, so I got some money. We had a hat trick. Yeah. So they went up five nothing in the second period. They scored, I think, four in the first, one in the second. But then goals by Skinner, Tuck, and Quinn to make it a 5-3. And then I believe his third goal for the hat-trick was the empty netter, making it 6-3. UPL was pulled after the first four goals in the first period. Not a good showing for him. He's young. Give him time. He hasn't played since, so we'll see. Uh, Then they traveled down to Tampa Bay on... Well, last night, Comrie was in net. Stamkos put him up one nothing just two minutes in. Uh, and then they had a skate deflect off of uh, Zegmas Gergensen's to make it 1-1 after the first period. They had another three-shot first period. 
This is probably the third or fourth one in the past like month. Which was later changed to two shots on goal. I forgot about that. So they got two shots and they scored a goal on one of them. So 50%, pretty good. Uh, Tage Tuck. Tage Tuck. Tage Thompson. There we go. <laughs> combining the two best players. <clears throat> Tage Thompson buries an odd man rush on the power play to make it 2-1. Um, then again, he buried another breakaway to make it 3-1. Hedman scored to make it 3-2. Quinn makes it 4-2 after two. Three goal, that was three goals in a minute, seven seconds. Point made it 4-3. And then our boy, Tage Tuck again. Tage Thompson with the hat trick. His, Tage Tuck, that's his, a good one. His 39th goal of the season. That's a career high for him. He had 38 last year. 5-3, um, Sabres lead. Sorelli makes it 5-4. Then after a too-many-men penalty, Tampa Bay tied it up to make it 5-5. And after that, Kyle Poso takes a blatant elbow to the mouth. No call. With a minute and a half left. Donnie Meatballs, the coach, was he lost his shit, as did Ocaposo. Um, Seven seconds left. There was a bowl. I call it a bowl delay game, but, I mean... Puck went off his stick and into the crowd, so I guess it's a play game. Uh, sounds like something happened in Detroit. Tampa Bay went to the power play to start to overtime. And a guy we have not heard this year, Ilya Labushkin from Toronto. We got him off from Toronto last offseason. Had an overtime breakaway shorthanded game-winning goal. His first goal as a saver, his fourth career goal. And what a goal it was. That put the Sabres within two points of a playoff spot. And that was my first loss of the week for my predictions. But we'll go on to Florida tonight. Great game. Very, very good game. Um, so Krebs got a penalty early in the first. And as he's leaving the box, he takes a breakout pass. Hits Yost, who's trailing wide open. But then as he's... Attacking the net, he fumbles the shot. Krebs went to the net to try to get in the puck and poke the goalie. And then your boy Kachuk took exception to it. So then Krebs went back to the box seconds after he got out. Him and uh, Kachuk both went for, I think, roughing minors probably. Uh, Tuck and Yost both had the same amount of shots as the whole team had last game in the first period. They both had three shots on goal, so technically it was... One shot more than the team. Uh, Skinner opened up the scoring. Yoki Haru scored a second goal, but then Florida challenged. And the goal was reversed because Tuck was offsides by by hair. It was real, real close. Darlene was then cross-checked into the crossbar and then landed on uh, Craig Anderson. Left the game, but he did end up coming back. Yeah, it was in the second, right, for Haggy? I think so. Cross-checked him? I think it was, yeah. Who would you say it was against? It was uh, Darlene. He, Darlene went headfirst into the crossbar. Luckily, it yeah. looked like either his stick or Anderson's stick was there, and that actually prevented him from actually hitting the crossbar. But either gotcha. way, he went into it, and then he fell down, landed on the goalie. 
Uh, scary, scary. Tuck scored with the ensuing power play. Craig Anderson stood on his head tonight, making a hashtag like pad stack save. Really? Those are exciting, man. He, it was incredible. In his post game, he said he uh, he uh, blacked out doing that. Doesn't he blacked it. out. Oh, my God. That sounds incredible. Verhage scored to make it 2-1. to one. And Skinner buried his second of the night top shelf where Mama hides the cookies. Thanks, RJ. Uh, Andy had 51. Craig Anderson had 51 saves. The most saves by a 40-year-old goaltender. I believe in Sabres history, they said. Um, Kachuk took exception to Skinner shooting the puck with like two seconds left at the empty net. And then a large brawl took place after the game. Did it? Yeah, I like mean... Like an actual, like... It, it was pretty much... gloves off? It and... was pretty much Kachuk, Krebs, and Cousins. Mm-hmm. And then the team just surrounded him. I mean, well, it, I know he went after he went after Jeff Skinner too to Chuck. He he went after yeah he went after Skinner because he shot the puck trying to score the hat trick. Mm-hmm. Buzzer went off too soon, causing the ruckus after the whistle. But yeah, so it was three <clears> one. <throat> that one shot didn't matter. The last game, oh. Chuck did the uh, he he went after uh, Tuck. I think last game, so he was mm-hmm. trying to get under their skin. So, yeah. Yeah, when he's not scoring, that's all he does. I had the Sabres losing the last two games on the road in Florida, and they won them both. So, not a good not a yeah. good end of my prediction week. But I just, I just know that the Wings and the Sabres are going to be battling it out for the wild card. But, you know, I, I will get to it later, I'm sure, with the injuries. But there's a big one on the Islanders. It's going to really help Buffalo and Detroit. They lost. Um, actually, um, actually, as long as you you know you mentioned the battle for the wild card, just just a brief, um, you know, we all you know just the standings. Um, you now we all know Carolina, New Jersey, you know, Boston, Toronto. They're all in the top three um, in their divisions. But then you got for the wild card race, you got the Islanders with uh, sixty-seven points, and they still. They still do the rows, I believe. They got thirty rows, regulation overtime wins, but they um they played sixty two games. Um a Buffalo, you know, they're only three points behind them, but they you know, they've only played fifty seven, so there's what, uh five five games, you know, and so you know, really they could be ahead of the Islanders. And then, you know, Detroit's well, yeah, tied with we- Buffalo with 64 and Florida with 64. And then you got Pittsburgh there with 63. So it's – and then, you know, Washington with 62. So it's going to be a battle between Buffalo, Detroit, Florida, Pittsburgh, Washington. You know, the Island, you know, and, you know, the Islanders have played the most out of all of them. Um, and they've only got, you know, like three more points in Buffalo, Detroit, and Florida. So, you know – Go ahead. Sorry, I I, yeah, I, I just saying. I, well, I was just gonna wrap, wrap up that by saying, you know, they played the most, and they've only three points behind. So really, they should be like in fifth or sixth of the wild card. Well, it's if you're if they're in the West, yeah, they would be. Um, and that just brings me up to the point that I wanted to make. The East, I feel, is a much stronger division the last couple of years. Yeah. Than the West. 
and that's, and that's funny not a shot. That's not a shot because Nashville's. So, and well, I know you think that I do I, that, but I, I'm not. Well, but if you look at the top ten teams, the six of the ten are in are, are from the East. And yeah, and the Western Conference used to be the team, the, the conference, and now it's the East with all these. I mean, the, the top teams in the league, you know, Boston, and mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, and then I mean, you still got. Some good teams in the West, and, and as long as we talk about the West, um, you know, Dallas, you know, you know they got 72 points. You got Vegas leading. The conference was 75. L.A. was 74, and, and they're all. Dude, but that's what's crazy to me. That's what's all, crazy to me. Those teams are, like, rebuilding. Yeah, but, and, but, look, but look at and, this and from the rebuilding East. rebuilding teams to be in the top. And then, you know, you look at the wild card in the West, 70 points. You know, Colorado was 69, Calgary was 66, Nashville was 62. They're fourth in the the wild card race. And that would be six in the wild card race in the East. Yeah, but I find that, like, that's, I don't want to say that's garbage, because, I mean, it's the NHL, it's the best best play. But the East, I mean, that 75 that you mentioned would put them... One, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, that's that's putting them like seventh in the East. Seventh. Yeah, that would be that would be uh, tied with the Rangers for third in the Metro. Right. And that and and they're actually behind Tampa Bay, who's third in the Atlantic. And that's the top of the West. I mean, the East the East is playing some pretty strong hockey right now. And and yeah, I think I'm not sure if Buffalo Brian agrees with this, but I like well, it. Because the that's where the East is. Uh, the East is a physical, a physical, more physical. You know, I don't agree and, with that. And the West is more up and you know, running, going high. You know, offense. I don't agree with that. Know, speedy, I, speedy conference. I disagree um, with you. And the Eastern. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not saying you know the East Eastern conference does put up goals, but it's mm-hmm. like. It's because they're physical, physical teams and big teams like Boston and and New Jersey. Boston's not a big team. They're a physical team. They're hit. They're, they check. They get in. They get in front of the net. They're not a fast team. They're it doesn't mean they're team. an extremely fast team. They're an extreme. Boston right now. I always think of Boston, right Boston as a check. As a, well, I'm I'm glad you think team. that. But I'm just going to tell you that Boston is a fast change? and physical team. Well, if you watch their games, I watched change? their game last night. Well, obviously, well, they've got 93 a... freaking points. Of course well, they've changed. Well, Boston does have that coach from the Western Conference, the Dallas Stars. So maybe he brought, you know, the Western Conference you know, off. Let me ask you this. Bila, how, how many Boston games have you watched in its entirety? None. Be, on, be honest. I watched two. Two. That's it. Uh, I don't like I said, Boston. I don't like I, Boston at all. I, I, I actually, said, I said none. I said I've watched two. I've watched two. So I've seen them play hockey in games. So I'm going to tell you what my observations are, and that is that they're a fast team. Their puck movement is nonstop. And they're not afraid to throw the body. I mean, they've got Felino, who's not afraid to mix it up. Um, they've got Carlo Frederick. I mean, they've got, I mean, Marshand, he, he, Marshand's a rat. I don't want to say he's a tough guy. Everyone thinks he's a tough guy. No, he's a tough guy because he can jump somebody in the face off dot. And he's a tough okay. guy because he can slew foot people, okay, but he's not what better. I can 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not calling. Marshand is not a tough guy. He can take his licks, but he's not. He's not a physical like. He's not going to throw his body around like a Ryan Reeves. And I know that there's Ryan Reeves is six six or whatever the hell he is. Marshand's like what five ten, five eleven. So I know there's a big size difference there. But again, Mar- I mean, Marshand is an agitator. Marshand just got a goaltender interference penalty against Seattle. Um, yeah, he always does. I, and he also uh, slew footed somebody in that game, too. So he was tangling up. So after the play, he cross checked somebody in the lower back below the shoulder pads. And then as they were tangled up, he lifts his right foot up and kicks the guy's skates out from underneath him. I mean, oh, you can I see it. It's, it's plain as day. You can see it. I'm surprised that the NHL hasn't done anything. But then again, I'm not surprised because the inconsistencies in the NHL is a joke. Batman should be ashamed of himself for the officiating this year because it's atrocious across the board in all leagues. Um, I wonder what Edwards. But what said I want to say that. really quick, I want to segue into that, into another conversation if we can. Um, but what I want to say about Boston is Boston has 93 points. They're running for one of the best, if not the best run in NHL history, which is absolutely incredible. They're an incredible team, but they are fast they check and they move the puck. So what you were saying about the East and the West and who's physical, who's not, um, you know, being, you know, having grown up watching Detroit my entire life in the West, I always grew up thinking that the West was way more physical watching the teams. Detroit was always physical. Colorado was always physical. Um, You know, San Jose was even physical back then. I mean, there were some big physical teams well, you know, I, and I know that I, back in the 80s or 90s, because I always remember the West comes to the run and going to high offense of, uh, you know, putting up, you know, like Edmonton and, uh, you know, Detroit putting up all those goals and fast, speedy teams. And but, yeah. you know, as you mentioned about the Bruins, you know, I kind of jumping ahead. Um, but as long as we're talking about the Bruins, uh, they, you know, they only need. 20 more wins um, to break the NHL uh, most wins record, uh, but they only have 26 uh, games to do it. So, I mean. They went two months with losing two games. I mean, they can do it. They can do it. I, I don't I don't know what their schedule is, so I don't know what teams, you know, and, you know, those teams. But then again, even if the teams that are fighting for playoff spot, I don't know. I just, Bruins scare me. But and they should. I, they I, should. Because, I, D-Law, I watched, I watched the Bruins cracking game. I mean, that was a fun hockey game. I mean, yeah, Marshan did his little slew foot. It was dirty. Got everyone mad. Never saw it. No one's going to do anything about it. It's going to be a joke. He's going to go on social media, talk crap to everybody because that's what marshan does um but that was a good game i mean it was back and forth and when i tell you boston won that game i think with like 20 seconds left and it was just it was a heartbreaker for seattle because they came in they got back in the game yanni gord's out there mixing it up a little bit creating plays setting up the goals and boston just they they just kept the i mean it didn't matter if they got down they just kept the the their focus was on stick to the game plan and go out there and execute it. And that's what they did. I mean, they went out there, they scored a goal, they eat they equalized it in 20 seconds. So Seattle finally there were 10 different goal scorers in this game. Maybe 11 when, when it was all done and said, but 11 different goal scorers in this game. And Marshand, or not, I'm sorry, not Marshand, but 
Boston would get behind and they would just keep going. Like it was like nothing ever happened. Beginning of the game, it's like they just completely reset, went out, they scored a, a tying goal. Then after that, same thing. They reset, went out, and scored the game winning goal. Like they just they just keep resetting every time that the, the play changes and they just keep the momentum. It's just, I hate Boston. They are the, my, my number one. If you had to ask me who my number one most hated team is, it's Boston. But you and, have to respect this Boston team. You have to. They're and, incredible. And, and my I might kind of piss off some Bruins fans or something of what I say is, but wouldn't it be kind of um, ironic, I guess you want to say, um, if uh, Toronto beat Boston in the first round? Well, you got to first of all make well, sure that they're just because. Well, but just, you got to think, Toronto is not, well, I mean, Boston's fine well. too. See, now, let's, now I want your guys' opinions on because I was talking about this with a buddy of mine who's a diehard Bruins fan. They've got like Lizell and like one other guy in their farm system that, that's coming up. So their AHL, the Bruins, are not they're not very stacked for the NHL because the Bruins keep giving up their first and second round picks. So they're never actually getting anybody good. My buddy's point was how many players in the first or second round in the late 20s of a pick actually make it to the NHL. So I'm going to try to do that research and find out. From 18 on in the first and second round, just 18 and on, how many of those players have made it from the end? We'll say from 18 to the first round to the end of the second round. How many of those guys have stuck in the NHL? Because his argument is I would rather give up my draft picks and get, you know, game changers on the team now to, to continuously help us year in and year out and not even waste our time with the draft picks. But then you look at a team like Detroit or Buffalo, um, you know, I'm going to talk specifically about Detroit, but they've got a farm system now that has been all, you know, organically grown and groomed. And there's a number of those guys that can come up and be an impact player in Detroit. So, well, Tage Thompson was a 26 pick. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's I mean, Zetterberg was like 120. Same with that suit, 117. So that guy, he, I don't know what he's talking about. So, I mean, because, I mean, it it, happens. No, but I mean, it it all depends on the player. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some. Just for fun. fun. Since this is our show and we don't have to stick to a certain schedule or time limit, let's look this up really quick. I'm going to look up, let's do 2014 draft class, first round. Jack Eichel's still in the league. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. So here's – yes, yeah, I'm going to disagree with that as well because here, here's what I'm seeing from 2014. Oh. And I didn't look it up until just now, so I'm disagreeing with my buddy. Um, you have Aaron Eckblad, who is number one overall, Sam Reinhart, Leon Dreisaitl, Sam Bennett. Um, let's see. William Nylander, Nicolas Jellers, Nick Ritchie, Kevin Fiala, uh, Brennan Pierlini. I don't know if he's still around. Vrana. Um, Larkin, Sonny Milano, Alex Tuck, Tony D'Angelo, Nick Schmaltz. That's just the first 20. Robbie Fabry, Catherine Kapanen, um, David Pasternak, Josh Hosang, Kempe, um, Brandon Lemieux. I mean, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys Brandon? that do stick. Brandon, Brandon. 
Let's Turtle, see what here. Turtle Jr. It's got to be. Yeah, Brendan, I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of guys that stick. And, and, that's, and, and what I tried to explain to him was guys take longer to develop in the NHL. So, I mean, it's not like – now, if you're going to go out, there's maybe one or two guys each draft that are going to immediately come out to a team and, and be an impact player. Your McDavid, your Matthews, your Connor Bedards. I mean, those are the guys who are going to land on a team and – make an immediate difference on that team um, difference on that team. But looking at this list, there's a Leon dry is one of the highest point scores in the last five years. So they're putting points up. But what my argument with Boston is if you, they just went all in, they just got rid of all their early first and second round picks next year, which will, I'm sure we'll get into with the, the, you know, the trades and whatnot. Um, but they just gave up all of their first and second round picks pretty much for the next year to two years to get a few more guys in this year, which I guess that makes sense if you want to make the run now and they have to, they're losing a number of guys next year, whether it be free agency or um, just retirement. Cause you're probably not going to see Krejci. He probably won't be back. Bergeron, he's probably going to be gone, but you've got these guys that come out and you're just continuously trying to evolve the lineup and they're going to have to continuously give up draft capital to do that. So they're never going to grow their, their, their pipeline doing this. So I think Boston is going to, I mean, I also thought thought they were going to be in the bottom, so I could just totally be eating crow here, but I think they're going to have some very dark days in Boston like Detroit did, because when you're getting high draft picks to begin with and you're not getting anybody, eventually the well runs dry. Oh, that's what yeah. you said before the season. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, look at Detroit. 27 seasons without a top 15 pick. I mean, that's that's a long time to try to find people in those, you know, high-end draft picks. So I, I just think Boston's run is going to – or their luck is going to run out here soon. Um, but this year, I, I they're my favorite to go to the Cup. But let's talk they about They were in the beginning of the season – no, no, they weren't. But we also can't, we can't not watch Toronto. I mean, Adno O'Reilly, and they're they're just adding more and more people. And it was Orlov that went to Boston. Um, so they gave up the house and the cars and the and the mortgages to get or, to get Orlov. We'll get to it. No. We'll get to it. It was just I just wanted to mention it. Um but Toronto's doing the same thing. I mean, I I just mentioned O'Reilly. I mean, they're they're bringing guys in because every year it's Boston and Toronto are fighting each other. They beat the hell out of each other. They move on to the second round and then lose. So both teams are trying to gear up to make a run. I think it's going to be exciting. I think the playoffs this year is going to be absolutely incredible. Almost like Boston. I'm sorry, I hijacked that. It's almost like Boston and Toronto are competing with them, with each other. They are. They never, have never been. Mind, never mind the rest of the season. They just want to compete with each other. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean it happens. Um, I mean, look at look at Detroit and, and Tampa Bay a few years in a row, where for like four years in a row they met Detroit and Tampa Bay met in the first round, and Tampa Bay won all four years, I believe. Um, but I mean, it's Tyler Johnson's fault. He was a wing killer. He was terrible. He was the, my arch nemesis. But before we move on to some more NHL news, just want to uh, just have a couple Predators news updates. I don't know if you have any Red Wings news updates, but uh, the Predators, you know, they reassigned Mark Jankowski to the Admirals. Um, 
basically because he wasn't playing. Um, well, now, then, now's uh, the time that you guys are doing that, though. Dan. And then, uh, you know, Ryan Johansson, um, and we talked about that. Yeah, uh, he's he's going to miss 12 weeks, uh, possibly through the end of the first round of the playoffs. Um, he had surgery on his right leg. Uh, he got caught in the Seattle game with a skate. Um, I don't remember which Seattle player it was. It was just you know, a battle in front of the net. And, I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, wasn't a slew full like Marshawn or Intense or anything. It was just a, on, a battle. And it was just a battle in front. And the guy's skate hit his leg. And Did he step on him? Surgery. Was it like a step on, like accidental step on? Or? They were just. As on what I saw, uh, it was just a battle in front of the net. Um, but that's all the present news as far as that. Um, hey, is Flip back yet? Forsberg is still out with um, upper body. I don't know if it's a concussion. Head. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that, so... Just kind of hoping I could see him in Mar- Mar- uh, March, but um, but do you speak of the wings? Do you have any news on them? I mean, the only thing I really want to talk about is Verona. Um, this saga has been. Again. I mean, it's just been unbelievable to the wings fans. Like we all, I mean, I I think I speak for the entire winged wheeled nation that we just don't have any idea what is going on with Verona. He's in the doghouse somehow with Iserman. Um, but he, he had a pretty, you know, so he was, so he went to the, um, he went to rehab. He went players assistance program. So he went to the PAP, got what he needed, came back. Red Wings assigned him immediately to Grand Rapids, which at first we were all thinking like, okay, that's just a conditioning stint. He's been out for a couple of months, get his wheels back on him, bring him back up to Detroit. He gets his wheels back on him. He starts lighting up the AHL and they don't want to bring him up. So all the fans are like, what the heck? You've got this pure goal score. We don't have any pure goal scorers. They can just put points in. And now, you know, we're not able to, to see him play. So Eisman finally calls him up. And this is after reports that, Hey, Vron has played his last game in a winged wheel. He's done. He's out of the Motor City. The Red Wings are, are going to let him go at, you know, at any time now. And, you know, the next thing you know, and it's Nick Alberga. I don't know who he is, but he was terrible reporting. He lost all credibility in, in Detroit. But then Vrana gets brought up to Detroit, plays a game. He had pretty good minutes. He played well, um, showed his speed, showed that he can still he can still set up plays. He's getting his confidence back. The very next day, they assign him to Grand Rapids. So all the fans are like, what is going on? Like, he must have done something terrible, personal to Steve Eisman or his family to have this kind of treatment. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, hey, guys, I just looked at the, the roster, and he's back on the, the Wings roster. So it was just ultimately it was a move by Eisman to move him back to Grand Rapids to just put him on paper that he was playing with the Griffins so that he didn't have to clear waivers again. Once he once he played that one day in between games or was assigned to Grand Rapids that one day, it then avoided the waivers so he didn't have to clear them again. So is this Iserman, and this is where I have, you know, this is where I have some questions. Is this Iserman pulling a Scotty Bowman? Like, hey, listen, you're out of here. We're going to keep on waivers. 
and then Verona comes up and scores 50 goals in a season? Or is this, hey, you're really in the doghouse, kid. We're just going to give you a couple more tries, see if you can put up some points. We're going to trade you or, or let you go. So that's one to, to keep an eye on. I'm hoping it's it's the latter of the two, but or the first of the two. I, I just hope that I just hope that Verona stays in the winged wheel, that he gets his confidence back and he can start putting points on the board again. They're going to have to start doing a Mantha uh, Verona watch. Yeah, Mantha's not, he's not great, but I mean. Well, he's I putting more points in the NHL than Verona right now, but. Yeah, that's true. You got me there. Um, actually, that's a good segue into this hideout. Let's go to the hideout. So, some, I don't even know how to say this, some, I haven't said this in 12 years. The Buffalo Sabres are currently in a playoff position. It is February 24th, 2023, and the Buffalo Sabres are in a playoff position. Barely. Probably for one day. But I'll take Uh-oh. it. Hopefully there's not an afternoon game where they get kicked out. But hey, I'll take the 12 hours, whatever it is. February 24th, 2023, the Sabres are in a playoff position. All they got to do is keep winning. It's easy, real easy. Uh, moving on. As I was saying earlier, Kyle Poso got hit last night in the head. Um... He has a very bad concussion history. I don't know if... I doubt we've talked about it here. But he came out with what went on during his concussion. He was in a very dark place. Um, so him getting hit in the head, it, it, it worries me. I hope he doesn't ever have to go back to where he was. Um, he did play tonight, so hopefully that means he's good. But I just I don't like seeing it. So talking about that play, Eric I think it's Eric Cernak was suspended for two games for the hit, and yet no penalty was called on the play. Surprise, surprise! The referees missed another one. And then we'll move on. Uh, some news: uh, Sabers are in the playoffs. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. Then going on to the Tuck versus Like a Watch, um, we have. Did I update this? I think I did. <clears throat> yes, I did. Jack Eichel with 19 goals, 23 assists for 42 points in 45 games. Alex Tuck has 28 goals after tonight's goal, 34 assists, 62 points in 57 games. So he is still over a point per game. And... Piggybacking on that, uh, Peyton Krebs, 8 goals, 9 assists, 17 points in 48 games. Krebs, no, he's not a goal scorer, but he is probably the in the top three on the Sabres for toughness. He will not back down. He was one of the ones in that scrum at the end of the night, him, Cousins. He will not back down for anybody. So he is a big part of this team even though he doesn't score a lot of goals, assists, whatever, but 
I'll take it all day over Eichel's antics that he was putting in that locker room. But that is all I got. Do you want to go to a rant room today? Yeah, I think I do. You are now standing the rant room. You have to cue me up. I can't hear it. You are here, this. Yeah, so this this week's rant room is going to be on the NF, or NFL, the NHL officiating. It has been so inconsistent. I don't know what you I mean, do you just need to have a, a, a pulse to be a referee these days? Because I mean, it's absolutely atrocious. So I, I sent you guys the picture. I think, you know, I want you guys to put that on our social media if we can. Um, so these are all within a week of each other. So the first one that I had, if I can find it here, I got to scroll back here. It's so the first one I had was, I, I don't know if it was to Chuck, but it was in the Calgary wings game. Larkin gets cross-checked to the neck, right to the neck. There wasn't even a penalty called. Now, mind you, Larkin does have a, um, so Larkin's got a history of neck injuries. So it was kind of a dirty hit, but Larkin takes a shot to the neck. No penalty at all. That was last Thursday. On Tuesday, Larkin comes up and just holds his stick. He didn't extend. <coughs> he didn't do anything. He clips um, Oshie in the, in the face, right on the chin with, his, with a cross check. Five-minute penalty? Sure, I'll give it to you. You can take it. Game misconduct I thought was a little steep. They sent him on his way kicked him out of the game then they fined him five thousand dollars for that hit then you've got Lindgren yesterday on Rasmussen same exact I I mean I can't even tell you how identical it is to the Larkin play which I will say it's a little the only difference is is that Lindgren actually extended his arms out so he had more of an intent when he hit Rasmussen there wasn't even a penalty called or there was a penalty, two minute. They reviewed it for a while, and then it turned into it's just a two minute penalty. We're moving on our way. So you've got three different cross checks in a matter of a week. One of them wasn't even called. One of them was a a game misconduct, a fine, and a five minute penalty. And the other one was a two minute penalty. And the 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 least intent and the least amount of injury caused out of all three of those incidents, got the most um, penalty to it. And if you look at other things across the league with, you know, how, how you know, is it a penalty? Is it a, not a penalty? Is it a five-minute? Is it is it a two-minute? There is just zero consistency across the board. The NHL has to figure this out. I mean, Gary Batman, he's he's got to get his head out of Arizona. And stop worrying about that dead, terrible franchise that's going to should, you know, she has no business. There's no ice in the middle of a desert. First of all, that should be the first sign that there's not a good market for hockey. The kids probably have five rinks to go to. So you're, you're trying to you're trying to put a team out. I mean, Batman just has to let this go. Start focusing on the integrity of the game. Leave Arizona just the, their fate is their fate. Leave them alone and start focusing on what the hell this game is turning into because it's turning into a mockery. 
get the refs under control, hold them accountable, put some kind of a regulation in for them to hold their pay or, or, or find them or something when they're causing, you know, such game altering decisions for multiple games. It's not just the Detroit games. It's not just the Nashville games. It is every game in every 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 week. There's a terrible referee call. Get it together. My God, it's not that hard. D-Law, you're going to put on some stripes and you're going to freaking go do it. Don't tell Austin Matthews you're from Ice in Arizona. Well, I did. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You refed? There must have been ice. Yeah, I refed one of the outdoor games. uh, And that whistle was was probably abused. You abused that whistle, didn't you? No, but I called a penalty. You called a shitload of penalties, I'm sure. Did you swallow your whistle? And it was it was it was their own team that tripped them. I'm like, oops. Call the penalty on that. No, maybe I can't. Tripping on your own teammate. I wasn't able to let you make it out of the round. <laughs> but but it, yeah, that's that's the end of the rant room. I just I don't know what you guys think about the officiating. I just feel in the last five years, I'm gonna go back five years from now. It has just been on a steady decline. Maybe it's just because I started paying attention more, but the inconsistencies are what's gonna kill the integrity of the sport. And it's not, you know, it's not just calling a penalty here or there. It's gonna like look at the NFL. The NFL has maybe two real game altering. I mean, the Rams and the Seahawks at the end of the season. Now, that was a big that was a big screw up. That was a huge screw up. The Super Bowl, you can say that was a hey, maybe they shouldn't have called it. Maybe they could have. But you don't see as many games decided by the referees in the NFL. And I don't watch basketball, so I don't know as you do in hockey. I mean, there are, and I know it's a fast sport. I get it. But when you've get, when you, when you have an eye in the sky that calls you from Toronto, they can look at this in 150,000 different angles at 150 thousandths of a millisecond. I mean, there is no reason to get these calls wrong. So I don't know if there's somebody up in the booth in Toronto that just doesn't know what they're doing. I don't know if the referees are just too worried about making a call on the ice. I don't know what what the situation is, but of all the the major sporting leagues that I watch, baseball, football, and and hockey, I have to say that hockey is by far the worst when it comes to consistencies with the referees. It's just straight up garbage. They're garbage. And, and for our list viewers and listeners that. Uh, picture that Ron had mentioned is now on our Twitter page um, um, at uh, Pride Wings Pod, and um, so uh, now that that's over, we can jump into some more NHL news. Uh, the Panthers, uh, they um, they, they screwed uh, Detroit. Well, they uh, they they had some sour cap issues, but they might have fixed that. So they couldn't activate Duclair, but they fixed that by waiving Chris Tierney, um, and then they sent another player down to the AHL to make room um, for for sour cap for Duclair. Um, and of course, Montreal claims Chris Tierney. Um, oh. So that's you know that's about you know. Pretty much solves their issues for now. Um, 
And then as far as Chichurin, um, I had an update on his uh, scratch. Um, but I, um, I didn't write that down, so I didn't um, I think he's, he was... He's going to be offloaded soon. He... he I, I believe I read that he was might be traded, but if he's not, he's going to be back in the lineup. That as far as the, I, I don't know if the coach or the GM said that. I'm not sure. I, I See, the problem it. is nobody wants to play there. But yeah, well, it's not their choice. That their team. <laughs> well. Under but contract. I mean, like they've had guys. Obviously they've the had guys come out and say, like, I don't want to play here. We're they're playing in a college arena that they don't have any fans to. And this guy was trying to argue with me online and I don't like to argue with people, but I was like, Arizona's a dying franchise. And he's, he, he's trying to tell me like, no, it's got a, they had 15. I said, yeah, they had 15,000. Sure. They yeah, did back in, nine, and back in the nineties and early two thousands. Shane, Shane Doan sold tickets alone. I mean, the, the, the kid was tough. He was good. You know, he reminded me a lot of like a Darren McCarty would fight, Ronick. he would score. Ron- yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, they had guys that on the team that would draw left, crowds. Yeah, well, leftovers from Winnipeg, and then they, then all the but Winnipeg. It, but it doesn't matter. They sold the all tickets. The player, all the players from Winnipeg, you know, they obviously moved on or got traded away. So now it became Arizona's team, and, you know, they have nothing, obviously, no. I mean, they're just, they're other, not a market. Yeah. But then I tried telling this guy, I was like, listen, what you don't understand is I watched three Arizona games entirety. And one of them or two of them was against Detroit. One of them was in Arizona and 90% of the crowd was Detroit fans. So you are at your, I mean, and I tried telling him this, I said, think about this for a second. Think of the morale you're going to have in the locker room. You have to walk locker room. You're going to, you know, from the locker room to the ice, because it's, that's just how college arenas are set up. Most of them, I shouldn't say most of them, the ones that I've seen. Um, so they've got to walk quite a ways to get to the ice. That's the first strike. Second strike is you're playing in a college arena, which a lot of these guys played in better college arenas or junior arenas across the country, not Arizona where it's a desert. And the third thing is, is that not only are you playing in a college arena, but now you're out, you don't even have a home ice advantage because when 50 to 60% of the fans are cheering on the opposing team, you just get booed and, and you never, you never feel that sense of like, man, our, our, our fans are behind us. Like when you go to Nashville, like even if you get a let's go Prince chant. Or in some or cases, 90%. <laughs> Well, like yeah, I mean, against Detroit. Detroit. I mean, it was just incredible. I couldn't I was, believe it. I was that. red. I thought they were playing in in, in Detroit. Like, but even, even, I mean, it was funny because, uh, um, you know, you know, I like Redmond and, and Daniels. So Daniels is announcing, he goes, boy, we might even be able to get a puck up here because of how, how, how close the freaking – um, announcing booth is so they were like ready to catch pucks and, and stuff up there. Um, but just, to, but I mean, think about it as a fan, right? Think, put yourself in these players shoes, like Chetron, put yourself in his shoes. 
you you put you skate up the laces. Yes, you're getting paid. You you walk out of that tunnel, you hit the ice, and you're getting booed at your arena. You're getting booed. The fans are not saying "Let's go Coyotes" or "Yotes" or whatever the hell they say. They're saying "Let's go Red Wings," "Let's go Sabers," "Let's go Predators," "Let's go Montreal," "Let's go anybody but Arizona." So yeah, they might sell up. Sorry, they might sell out their 4,600 person joke of an arena, but 50% to more are for the opposing team. So how do you ever have home ice advantage when you're not even in your own barn to begin with? Your fans aren't behind you. I mean, how much, how much incentive do you have to play there besides money at that point? But anyway, moving on. Um, oh, good answer. Uh, good answer, Dan. Insane. That was, a, that was a question. And, and I see that you just want to move on because you're rigid. Schedule. Well, we just keep answer talking the question. About, Have a conversation. Keep, we just keep talking about Arizona all the time, and Arizona—it's like it's, uh, we got. So, so you had much, nothing to say we, there. You had nothing we, to input we, to that we, conversation. We, we got we got more we got a lot more to talk to than Arizona, or talk about in Arizona. All our all right, Arizona fans want to hear about Arizona, though, Dan. Yeah, there's Arizona fans. All of them. They're all in here right now. All two all of them. 10, I mean, two thousand. All two of them are in there right now watching our podcast. <laughs> but um, there's a a little bit of surprise in the Super Let's Sixteen. Move on to the next. So the Super Sixteen, um, Carolina is inching closer and closer to Boston for number one. <laughs> um, so they they stay the same, Boston, Carolina. You know, New Jersey stay there. They stay to three. Uh, Toronto moved from six to four. Um, Tampa Bay slid from four to five. The Rangers, uh, they went down to six. Dallas stayed at seven. Vegas moved up to eight. The Jets uh, slid down to nine. Colorado, they're moving up. So watch out for Colorado. Uh, They were 12 last week. They're in the top 10 this week. Uh, The Kings stayed at 11. The Kraken moved to 12th. Edmonton went from 10 to 13. So that's a, they're starting to slide, I guess. Well, except for their one star. And then the Wild, uh, they went to 14. And the Penguins, they just keep going up and down. Uh, this week they're at 15. And Drum roll. We, we have a new one that just entered. The 16th is. The Detroit Red Wings. What? That must have been yesterday when they were in the playoffs. And must they, have been. But Calgary dropped out, and uh, others receiving points are the Islanders, Buffalo, Florida, and Ottawa. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, it's the NHL. I think it's just a marketing thing that the NHL does with that. But from <laughs> the NHL does no marketing. <laughs> now, why is that? Now, why why is that a marketing thing? They don't do any marketing. It really marketing. doesn't because it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, no, it, it doesn't. doesn't. Nothing it doesn't means anything ever. Innings. But um, moving on to some, everything things. is an algorithm. <laughs> just by Inter- the moving on to some interesting stories. Let's uh, talk about some Patrick. sabers. Moving on Let's to the talk next about some saber story. stories. Talk about Pat, King. Pat, uh, Patrick Kane is he's still asked uh, about uh, if a trade to the Rangers is still an option 
and he was not in practice um, on Friday. Dun, dun, um, dun. Now they're saying it's a maintenance day. And he's going to be shot. We but all know trade, what that means, maintenance The trade day. deadline is a week away, so, I mean, does that mean there's a trade coming up, maybe? Most likely. Why would you sit one of your best players when you're the worst? I mean, no. unless they're so bad, they just don't want to hurt them. Unless they wanna I don't, get, I don't right. buy it, though. Unless they want to get the number one team and they want to keep losing. They're, I mean, the number one uh, draft pick, or at least a shot at it. But then again, we all know the lottery is fixed. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the lottery. It is. But uh moving on continuing with the you know possible trades. Um the Jets are looking for some secondary store secondary scoring as but then again, who else who isn't really? I mean everybody some teams are looking for primary scoring like the Preds. Um but the uh you know so who knows what's, you know, it's going to be an interesting week ahead for the tr- going into the trade deadline. Um, um, I'm not going to bother. You know, this doesn't. We got to wait till the trades actually happen. Yeah. Um, uh, that's not news. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, any other news? We Nothing that I got. In- before we jump into the trades, Spencer Knight entered the NHL Player Assistance Program. That was a—he's uh, one of really? Florida's goalies, goalie that I would no, like to have seen what, in Buffalo. But oh, that's what happened. There. I was wondering, all of a sudden, he just like chopped out. And he hopefully, good. And hopefully, he's all right. It seems like there's a lot of that uh, in the NHL late, the last going back to the last few years. Well, there's a lot of stress after COVID, so. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of a lot of goaltenders too. Yep. Robin Leonard, Spencer Knight. There's another one. Carey um, Price. Uh, what Detroit goal? Yeah, Carey Price wasn't one of the. Oh no, he was a player for Detroit. Verano. I think. Jacob Verano. Yep. Heard that name before a couple times tonight. Uh, so I guess that leads us into some, uh, trade talks. There was, you know, it's starting to heat up. Who wants to take the Bruins trade, big trade? Uh, actually, uh, well, you mentioned, you kind of touched on it earlier. Um, yeah, just looking at all the details here. It was a three-way trade. It was a three-way trade. Uh, let's see. So the Bruins get Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway. Um, I kind of like Hathaway. He's kind of one of those like gritty, not afraid to get in involved players. Orlov, he's on the older, you know, but he can still put up points. Um, but then the Capitals get 2023 first round, 2024 fourth round or third round. I'm sorry. Uh, 2025 second round and Craig Smith. And they retain former predator, and the Capitals are retaining fifty percent of Orlov's salary. The Wild are acquiring a twenty twenty three fifth round pick for Boston, and they're going to retain twenty five percent of Orlov's salary. So essentially, the Bruins get Orlov at twenty five percent of his current value, 
and Hathaway, but then they gave away all their draft picks for the next three years. So they don't have any draft picks for the next three years, pretty much. So three years with no draft picks is going to burn them hard, very hard for the next 10 years. And hopefully these guys can stay healthy because when you give away everything, I mean, if they don't win the cup this year, they are effed. They are just completely screwed, completely screwed. That's just my opinion. They got no draft picks. No, they have none. I mean, Detroit at least had first round draft picks just that they were deep and late. The Bruins have had deep and late draft picks for years, and now they're getting rid of. So I don't know what they're going to. I mean, they're going to have to sign guys for a couple million a year to, you know, to come play for them because they're not going to have anybody in the system. I hope those 20, 36 uh, round uh, picks uh, are like really good. You say 20, 36? 20 or 30, you know, 20, 25, 30, you know, wherever oh, gotcha. they, yeah, anywhere from 20 to 35, 32, actually. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're just, they're, they're in trouble. That I one mean, will probably like to have 35. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just think that Boston's, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. You're in it to win it. You're all in. You got to go for it now while you still got the guys because you've got a couple more years with Marshand. You've got a, you know, Pasta. He's going to be there for a while unless he gets traded. Um, you know, but Bergeron is probably gone. Krejci, he's probably gone. Um, Taylor Hall's like got, 30. Marshand's got more than a few years left, though, doesn't he? He's, he's like 20 something, isn't he? How old is he? You understand, I got to ask this question. Do you understand like the life cycle of a professional athlete? I'm asking how old he is. I don't know. No, how I, old I, I know, but there, but, and I'm only asking this because when you beat your body that hard from the age of like five or six, all the way until even 25, I mean, you wear down, you start to slow down. I mean, Ovechkin is, is 37 and he's, he's, putting up elite points, but how many 37 year olds are in the league putting up elite points? People hit that, that window where they just start to, to de- decline. And, and I want to say it's like 25 years old is when they start seeing that slow potential gradual, like, like I, I believe I read an article. I, I don't, but I want to say it was 25 or 26 years old is when players are at their absolute peak the best shape, the best skill, the best ability. And then it starts to taper off as they get older because their body just can't keep up with the 19 and 20 year olds that are coming into the league. 34 years old, 34. Oh, oh geez. He is a wow. I didn't realize he was that old. God. I mean, the guy is, the guy is, I will say he's absolutely incredible on the ice. I mean, he's a great player. I think, and I told my buddy this, I don't want him ever to be in a winged wheel. I don't care if he's going to come in and score 50 goals. Yeah, I'll appreciate a Stanley Cup if he helps him win it. I think he's classless, and I don't want him here. But you can't take away that he's in, in a great player, but he's 34 years old. When is that decline going to start happening? I think I think when you start taking guys off his line or shuffling things up, it's going to change a little bit. You're probably going to kill me, but who would you rather have him in a winged wheel? Claude Lemieux or Brad Marchand? Brad Marchand all day long. 
I mean, you gave me you gave me two terribly awful classless people, um, but both very talented and gifted athletes. Well, I just had to go there because you said you don't want them in there. Yeah, I mean, he's they're both ungodly gifted athletes. That was not fair. They're both (laughs) gifted athletes. But they're just—they're both classless. Wow. They don't—they don't, they don't one, have class. One, one, one's well, actually, I guess they're both dirty. But what's wrong with them? I'm not talking about. <laughs> and um, I'm not talking about class. Like, hey, I got dressed up to go out to the the dinner tonight. Classy. I'm talking about like you respect the rules of the game. You don't go out and intentionally try to hurt somebody unless unless there's a fight or a scrum and you're fighting. And yeah, you want to try to hurt them. But blue uh, foots and bending over and letting people fly over you. Um, take knee to knee behind cross checks when nobody's looking. Didn't he bite somebody? You know, that's just a type. That's just a type of game that I don't want. I don't want to play. I mean, these kids see this and then they they go out and try to do it because they're trying to imitate what he's doing, and that's just not hockey to me. Now, no, if he yeah. just put up, if he just put up the goals, yeah, all day long, I would respect the man. I'd want him in a winged week. Like, like I know this is odd, like d- slightly different class, but. You know, like if Austin Matthews became available, I would love to see him in a winged wheel. I would absolutely love to see him in a winged wheel. Marshand, I would not. McDavid, I would. Pasternak, I would. He's going to Arizona. So, so, uh, I, I don't want to be get going off on a, on a rant or tangent, but it, speaking of, you know, you bring up the class, Um, you know, I just want to mention, and, and I'm surprised you didn't mention it in your recast, but uh, Larkin, I believe, the other night, um, one of the I don't remember who it was now. Um, for the uh, I don't remember who they're playing. Um, I don't remember who they play. Who they just what play. was this scenario? They played a, a lot um, of and it, 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 it was just the last the last game they played. Um, they uh, against the Rangers. It, was the right? Well, tell me what happened. Oh, no, it wasn't the Rangers. It was it was a game before that. I believe. Anyway, the guy. The uh, one of the, the team, I don't remember who it was, but he he lost uh, uh his blade, the skate skate blade, you know, and he's like, mm-hmm. no, obviously you're not going anywhere to skate, and he was kind of starting to fall down, and I think it was towards the end of the period, and Larkin uh, Larkin held him up, and so he wouldn't fall, he you know picked you know made sure he stayed up on his feet, and the so opponent he could get some help to get off, yes, wow. That's class. That that's uh that's the kind of guy he is. It was uh oh maybe it was the Rangers. Yeah, I think it was the Rangers. I don't think it was against Washington. I think it was against the Rangers. Um, I don't remember. I mean, I know, I know the guy's not hurt. Not is happening here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's kind of one of those situations where you're just kind of vulnerable. You can't move. Plastic on ice does not go very well. It is very difficult to to stay upright. So I don't know. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And and the announcers even uh, mentioned it too. But uh, I got just one more trade uh, so far as of now, unless there's no one that happened earlier today. Um, you know, Chicago they keep dumping on uh, Nikita Zaitsev and two draft picks. Um, Actually, he would think he was traded to Chicago uh, by Ottawa. Um, and Chicago receives future considerations, whatever the heck that's supposed to, who knows? It's usually nothing. Um, 
Yeah. So, um, extra. So I guess I don't. So I don't must be just want to get rid of some salary. Kind of like, kind of like, um, kind of like Vegas. Um, you know, the Coyotes are so bad that they have to get a retired player. Whatever. Krejci did the same thing with Boston. Well, I don't. I don't understand that on that trade. On like, I mean, I can understand Vegas. They want to get rid of the salary, um, but I don't understand that move on the Coyotes at all. Unless they needed to to get, you know, raise their salary cap. Maybe they're Are getting they rid of somebody. Up? That's a lot of. Yeah, they must be cap, and they're going to be below the floor. Uh, like Sharon. How, what what was his salary? I wasn't not aware of his, and I'm not sure what his salary was. Was it was it a, is it a high salary? But um, actually, I know you mentioned uh, kind of briefly. You know, it's or the Sabers are in playoff, and they're hoping there's no afternoon games. Well, there's a couple. Four point six. There's million. a couple. Oh wow. Yeah. So, but I don't. Um, there is a couple afternoon games tomorrow, um, but I don't think Washington's that close to Buffalo, so I don't think they can knock them out. So I guess you're, I guess you're safe for the time being. <laughs> um, Arizona has eighteen million, eighteen and a half million dollars on injury reserve. Three retired players on injury reserve now. Jeez, sounds kind of like Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> one year when they'd like to mess around with a salary cap and the IR crap. Are um, we going into rookies here? We're going to go into the rookie watch. We can do that. Oh yeah. So we got Matty Beneers leading the points currently, forty-two. Next closest to him is Mason McTavish with thirty-two. So basically, okay. Beneers is running away with it. Um, goals, Maddie Beneers again, 19 goals. Shane Pinto has 14 along with, yeah, I'm not going to say that name. <clears throat> and then on assists, Matthias Maselli has 25. Kalen Addison, 24. Maddie Beneers, 23. Cole Perfetti, who I just saw is injured, has 22. Mason McTavish, 19. Get down to 17 by Owen Power. So there's only one What's saber. What's that for? Goals? That was assists. Goals. Jack Quinn is the only saber in there. He has 10 goals. He's ninth. Yeah, Bergie's got 11. And then points, Jack Quinn's ninth as well. So. Where's Jonathan Bergren? Uh, I do not see his name, so he's not in the top 10. Because he's got 11, 12, 11 10. goals, 10 assists. He's 12. 12? Yeah. It's not bad. He's not. He hasn't played that many games, only Yus- 43. He keeps getting bumped down. Yuso Parsonen from Nashville is 11th with 42. I don't know. Yeah. 23 points. Ooh, two yeah, ahead of Bergie. Yeah, he's... Well, he was heating up until last this last week. So needs to say, Beniers is running away with the trophy. There are some goalies, I think, though. We had some uh, fine suspensions this week. Uh, I know. Uh, well, no Brian comment? mentioned. 
Brian mentioned uh, the Cernak suspension, but uh, Marchand was fined uh, $2,000. Um, I don't remember seeing that um, play. Um, it was the one I just talked about. I just I just added uh, that. Oh, the, the slew foot? Yeah, so he tangled up with one of the players. He cross-checked him to the back. Then the player turns around. And they, they kind of tangle up. They're holding each other by the, the jerseys. And Marshan just picks up his right foot and sweeps it out from underneath him. Knocks him to the ice. And he didn't get suspended? Nope, just a $2,000 fine and no penalty on the play, nothing. Right. Got to love the inconsistencies. But I will right. give the refs, I will give credit there because that's one of those plays that only Marshan would do because he's classless. Um, but... The refs aren't going to pick up on that. They're not going to see that. I'm just glad the player safety saw it. Well, well, maybe not. We didn't suspend them. But a um, penalty or a fine. Oh, like, yeah, but I, who knows? I mean, it wasn't a big fine. I mean, they they fined uh, Larkin got five thousand dollars for that cross check that you know I know she that you mentioned, and you know he. So they gave him a five-minute major in a game, but no suspension for him. Um, so I mean, yeah. Lindgren, Lindgren should have gotten one. Larkin, you know, they, they five thousand, which is the max. Whatever they gave him a five-minute penalty. What? Who cares? It's five thousand dollars. The man's going to be making eight and a half. Minutes. But uh, you know, that, as far as that, that's you know, I guess it was just the one suspension to to Cernak. Um, and and Lindgren should be on that list. Well. Which kind of pisses me off a lot. Pisses me off a lot. I don't even know who the player safety is anymore. Is it still uh, what's yeah, it is? Um, it's your boy. Still him. I don't know. Um, you like him? A couple injuries. You know, I I mentioned on the the Ryan Johansson injury earlier. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't think Detroit and Buffalo are pretty healthy. Yeah, no, no injuries bad. lately for them. Um, and we well, we've got we've got Raymond coming back supposedly tomorrow. Again, but, that's uh, another that's another thing where the Red Wings have to think about who they're going to bump down, and it's probably going to be Zadina or Veron to make room for Raymond. And uh, Jake Muzzin, uh, he's on Toronto. He's he's going to be out for the rest of the season and the playoffs. So. That's a huge loss for Toronto. Um, he was a, a one-time king, um, but um, so who knows? Toronto probably going to be uh, hitting the trade market, try to replace him for the season or the playoffs. I think that's the uh, only injuries, right? He, that's the only ones that I saw. Um, let's see. I think. Uh, so I guess that means it's time for the AHL update. Um, just Milwaukee just had a couple. Uh, I mentioned in the last show they did beat Chicago, but they uh they uh beat Texas. They had two games against Texas and in Milwaukee they beat uh the first game on last Saturday, uh two to one win. But then they dropped us the one the next day on Sunday three to two, and then they just lost to the Moose, uh the Manitoba Moose, who Moose. I believe they're still in Winnipeg. Um, yeah, that was at minute at Winnipeg. 
Um, so, you know, they lost three to two to them. Um, so they got a little two game slide going and, and just kind of interesting that, you know, Winnipeg actually has, uh, two teams, NHL and an AHL. Um, and, uh, Arizona can barely fill up an NHL team, but Winnipeg, the city has two hockey teams. And, and Phoenix has one. Well, Phoenix only have one anymore. They're in Tempe. Well, technically it is Phoenix, but anyway, moving on to the Griffins update. Dropped three of the last four, not playing very good hockey. Um, so, young guys continue yeah. to, sh- yeah, but the young guys that the guys who the Red Wings are expecting to come up and play are the guys who are producing in Grand Rapids. So I, I'd rather take three or four guys in, in Grand Rapids who are playing mediocre to, to good who can come up to Detroit than just lose every game. So at least there's some kind of a bright spot that the guys who are going to be NHL players are producing. So they they still suck. They're still having trouble. No defense. So, um, yep, dropped three of their last four. And that's what I got. Moving on to the Amherst. Anzel Chuck the curse, is over there. Look at him. The curse is over i hope well i hope they played a they played laval who's montreal's farm team who's obviously not that good although so the curse the curse isn't over then they just be the easy team eight to four win i wasn't there there last week and they won but uh i just going into tonight's game uh the rockets for one point had a uh, the Amherst, but they th- played three games more, so it is what it is. The Amherst <laughs> beat them eight to four tonight. Thought the curse was over, but the curse is back. That was a beat down. Well, well who knows? <clears throat> Moving on to our weekly picks. Brian and Ron are tied in first place. Nine wins, Ooh. nine correct guesses, and six Ain't incorrect. And Dan is one behind. game behind eight correct and Dan seven has, incorrect. He has one correct and thirteen incorrect. Look at the oh, look at this though. It. There's only three wrongs on Nashville. Detroit only has four corrects, and Buffalo is like half and half. So we've been oh, almost perfect it. with Nashville's guesses. Well, that's because they're all losses, pretty much, except for the teams that. Anyway, breaking it down even further, uh, we're all again with the Preds picks. We're all four and one on on the Preds picks. So I guess I don't know. Maybe it's because you take my lead from what I pick. I don't know. Definitely but, not. You know, is somebody is somebody uh, up going to update this on the wings the in the previews? It's already updated. No, so, no, no, I mean, like, as we give our predictions tonight on the games we during the previews, is somebody going to jot those down? Mine's already updated. Oh, oh okay. But, I'll just do that. Um, but as far as the Wings predictions, so far I'm I'm 0-5. <laughs> so I, I must not know Detroit very well. And well, you Ron, sound like you do. Ron and Brian are 2-3 and three, picking the Wings. So they're not a little better than me, but... But then, uh, as far as the Buffalo picks, this might be come to a surprise. Buffalo picks, surprise. 
I'm four and one picking Buffalo, and Ron and Brian are three and two. Maybe, but maybe I know them more than I want to. That's true. Probably all the Amherst games you watched. All right, so I guess that means time for the preview section. That's- they have Arizona coming up on Sunday afternoon. That is a five o'clock or a five or six o'clock. Let's see. It is a. Six o'clock Central Time start. Uh, that's at Arizona, the uh, the home of the four thousand fans strong. Mullet maybe Arena, three, maybe three thousand Predators fans. Who I don't know, maybe not. I don't know. Well, and they didn't look good against the last time they played them. Um, but I think they're going to come out with a better effort in Arizona. Especially after coming off that six to two win against San Jose, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call that a win. And then Pittsburgh at home. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's been kind of up and down season, and I just saw something they they released. Um, they put um, Pittsburgh put. Uh, Happening just yeah, because yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's if he's been playing at all because I haven't really been watching Pittsburgh, but I'm gonna call that a win for the Preds. And then they gotta go to Florida, um, play them again. Um, that's coming up on March 2nd. Um, so that is. Let's see, they you know, they actually they just beat Florida seven to three. Um but this is in Florida. I'm I I think they're gonna drop that one. That's what you said last time. You were wrong, Dan. Wait, so Dan, who's your pick? So you've got a win win loss. What do you got it for Chicago? Chicago's next week. Yeah, Chicago's we're, not we're just doing this week. Chicago's the fourth mm. that's coming up. Um, because our trade awesome. deadline, our trade deadline show is on the third, so that'll be next. So it looks, week, like, so it looks like the wings are next, right? Yep. yep. So the wings up until our next show. Let's see here. They've got Tampa Bay. Um, I want to say that it's going to be a win. They always they've been playing Tampa Bay really well. They won the last two against Tampa Bay. I just don't know if they can get the third. So I'm going to go with a loss on that one. And then they've got back-to-back in Ottawa, um, the 27th and 28th. Uh, and that those I'm going to put as wins. And then they've got – now, are we doing – because this will be before the next show. Am I saying it or no? Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Yeah. They've got – so Seattle they've got um, on 3-2. And I'm going to go with the win. I think they're going to win that game. I think they're going to get their redemption. Just a just a feeling at home. I think they're going to do it. All right. So I'm going. Yep. Loss in Tampa Bay, and then win in Ottawa, Ottawa Seattle. So moving on to the Sabers, we got Washington on the 26th, a Sunday afternoon, at 1 p.m. Home game versus Washington. I'm going to say a win. Coming off this road trip that we just had in Florida, we won twice. We're in the playoffs. Let's continue the streak. We're going to win that game. Let me go on to Columbus on Tuesday. Oh, Columbus is at home. I didn't put at for any of these. I don't know if these are all home, though. But uh, 
I'm gonna go with a win. I think this team is they're they're looking good finally. They're almost playing yeah, Washington and Columbus are at home and then Boston is on the road. They're almost playing a uh <clears throat> decent full game. So I'm gonna go with a win for Columbus, Boston. I'm gonna go with a loss. They beat them last time, but Boston's just too strong. So as the I did my obviously my press picks. Um for as far as the wings, I think they are going to lose to Tampa Bay. Well don't but then again I haven't been I haven't picked a wings uh prediction right <laughs> yet, but <laughs> it might change. Go and then what do you and then I think they're going to be Ottawa. They got two games at Ottawa back to back. Is is one a makeup game or something? Or that must be. That's like the old AHL days. It's an AHL schedule. Um, but I'm going to say they're going to win both games at Ottawa. Um, obviously they're going to go with another goal. Uh, probably what? Net, uh, not net. Albert. Magnus. Oh, he's Magnus. best. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think they're going to beat Seattle. That's 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 in Detroit. It is. Yeah, I think they're going to beat them. Um, I think they're going to beat them as well. So I, I, I'm going to have them uh, three game win streak coming off that loss to Tampa Bay. And then what about Brian? Did you pick your Detroit? I said Detroit is going to lose versus Tampa. Win both games in Ottawa and lose the Seattle game. That's probably a good possibility. Yeah, Buffalo, then, I've got them winning uh, Washington and Columbus. I think Washington's going to be a tough game. That's going to be a good gauge for them. Um, but I think Washington and Columbus are both going to be wins. And then I think Boston and Tampa Bay will be losses. No, and, Tampa, and, Bay, Tampa Bay is coming up next week, so... Um, um, I still put it as a but, loss, but um, as far as Buffalo, I think they're going to go on a three-game win streak. Um, coming off that, oh wait, actually they won that Florida game. Well, three. <laughs> Let's just say they're going to beat Washington. They're going to beat Columbus. Call me crazy, uh, but Boston's due for a loss in Boston. I think Buffalo's going to find a way. They always they always seem to play Buffalo or Boston good. Um, you know, well, I'll be interested to watch that one. So I, I think they're going to. That's, that's D-Law's pick of the week win. right there. Boston-Buffalo. That's the game of the week for D-Law. He thinks they're going to win. He does. Yeah. Did you guys. Uh, Lion squirrel your... finds a nut every once in a while. <laughs> Did you guys do your Preds picks? I, I just put losses across the board. <laughs> Good, good possibility there. I'm just joking. I'm saying, I'm saying I think they're going to beat Arizona. I actually think they're – in reality, I think they're going to lose to Arizona and then beat Pittsburgh. But I'm going to go with a win against Arizona, um, two back-to-back losses against Pittsburgh and Florida. Are we doing the other ones too? Pittsburgh, no. So Pittsburgh will be the first time we pick against Dan. Really? So we'll either be all right or all wrong on the Arizona game. And then either Dan will be right or Ron and I will be right. It's going to be the first time we've picked different. Are we sure we want to do that? Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to see who's going to take the icing on this one. The Pittsburgh one? Mm-hmm. Oh. 
Well, they always play bad. Pittsburgh bad, but, but Pittsburgh's. You know, I don't. Uh, I don't know what's going on with them. They're too up and down. Kind of like they the are Reders, actually. Um. So I think we got the picks covered. Yep. And I think that's our previews. And yeah, you know what that and, means. Um. We got a big show next week. Episode, it'll be episode fifty of the podcast version, um, which will be, you know, obviously uh, published a little later day. But we're gonna be live on Twitch again. Yeah, so join us again. You know, nice long trade deadline where hopefully there's a lot of trades, or at least there might be a lot of trades to discuss and break down, and along with the rest of the normal show but you can get us on all our social medias uh Pred wings podcast on facebook twitch discord twitter we're at Pred wings pod youtube we're at Pred wings pod and our email is predwingspodcast at gmail.com so another good show in the books another great tv version and Thanks for tuning in to the Pred Wings podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. See you, Smashville. Thank you.